Hey guys, welcome to Unpopular Opinions with Nick. On this podcast, we will be discussing all things culture, politics, lifestyle, and current events. Come along for the ride. Another week of exciting news. We have more failures in Afghanistan, coupled with just complete incompetence. California continually gets dumber and dumber than ever thought possible. There are more COVID lies and deception than you can shake a stick at. And Joe Biden wants to use this pandemic to rule your life as a dictator. Do not let him. All this and more on today's episode of Unpopular Opinions. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Unpopular Opinions with Nick. Oh, there's been so much news this past week, and we've got a lot to get to. So hope you're ready to strap in for the ride. Uh, let's get started here. Afghanistan failures, they continue to stack up and up and up and up and up. It's worse than a four-year-old running the country. The people in charge of foreign policy in this administration are just, they are, they have to be the stupidest people in the world. There's no possible way. The entire, the entire Biden presidency is, and his entire career is, is just completely failure after failure, after failure, after failure. I do not know how the people in his administration and how he continues to fail upward. And at this point, he's not even sentient, so people are just dragging him along like a limp corpse that we're watching die in real time. So the first thing that we need to get to today, guys, China has come out and said that they were going to uh, recognize the Taliban as the true leadership in Afghanistan. And in order to do that, they are also providing uh, vaccine and AIDS to the Taliban in Afghanistan. So this has a whole lot of big problems. Just right off the bat, that uh, it's incredibly easy to see with even the slightest, slightest critical thinking. Uh, so we've abdicated Afghanistan, which gives us no, no base nowhere even close to Russia or China. So I'm going to pull up a map here just to give you guys an example uh, and kind of describe this to you. So Afghanistan is right above India, essentially. It's to the right of Iran. And... Right next to, basically, it's our closest port into China, like our closest base. So China is literally just a hop, skip, and a jump from Afghanistan. Um, Afghanistan also gave us a pretty close base uh, to Russia. We could, you know, we were around Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, um, but it was really central in that Eastern Asian hemisphere. So. Now, we don't really have anywhere we're stationed except for South Korea and Japan. Um, so we have no land base near China. Everything's separated. This is bad for a number of reasons because, in case you have not been paying attention for the past four years, China doesn't like us too much. And so China, as soon as we left, just swept right in, and they're allying with the Taliban and the current regime. So now we have, basically we have no chance of getting this back without starting World War III. 
because Afghanistan is going to be led by the Taliban again, just like it was in the 90s, and it's going to be used to breed terror again and again and again and again and again. And now we can't do anything about it without aggressing China, because China saw the massive hole in the Middle East and decided they would take it. So we've given up, honestly, a very key spot in the region, and uh, we, we've pretty much screwed ourselves. So congratulations, uh, United States foreign policy. You guys are absolute morons. Uh, we were holding Afghanistan with 2,500 troops, and there hadn't been a battle casualty in over 18 months until our commander in dumbassery just happened to, you know, pull everyone out before getting before getting Americans out. We still have Americans that are trapped there, by the way, in case you didn't know. There are still Americans, green card holders, and American allies who are trapped in Afghanistan. We'll get to that next. So there's U.S. charter flights that were blocked by the Taliban. It was basically a hostage situation. Is anyone shocked? Is anyone actually shocked by this? I mean, I'm not. It's pretty obvious. We left our Air Force base. Uh, I'm forgetting what the name of it is right now. Uh, Bagram. Bagram Air Force Base. Huge, huge, huge airport for Kabul. And Kabul Airport has one runway. Not very hard for the Taliban to block one runway and keep flights from leaving. These flights are chartered private flights because the United States government is too incompetent to get everyone out that needed to get out. So we had private citizens and retired special forces operators going in to pull these people out and get them to the Kabul airport. And uh, yeah, they're just, Taliban said, ah, F you guys, nope, no, you can't, uh, charter flights can't, can't leave. And the United States State Department, Antony Blinken, who's just, he's an absolute piece of garbage. He's so bad at his job. He's like, there's limits to what we can do without personnel on the ground. Well, whose fault is that? Whose fault is it that there are no troops on the ground in Afghanistan? And if any of you try and say, oh, it's Trump's fault, you're idiots. 100% idiots. Oh, the buck stops with Joe Biden, does it? Because every time he opens his mouth, I hear him say, well, Trump. Like, grow a pair, you sackless piece of garbage. Oh, it just, like, it makes me fume. And there's a lot to be upset about uh, in, in the news from the past week. And finally, capping off the Afghanistan failures, because people are just, like, the stupidest people make these decisions, and I don't, I just don't understand how this happens. Like, politicians are literally the most incompetent people in the world. If you've ever, you know, in any company where you have been like, why are we making this stupid decision? And it's generally somebody who got hired from outside and just makes bad decisions because reasons or, like, you can tell they're not qualified for their job. Like, you rise to your level of incompetence. That is everyone in government. No one in government is competent because there are no penalties for being bad at your job in the government. None. Like, you don't get fired, nothing... I think Trump's the only person that has fires anyone in the government. 
I mean, you can just be complete and utter garbage at what you do. No repercussions. Whereas in the private sector, if you screw up, you cost someone money because they can't just take money from taxpayers. There's discipline at Mary Actions. You have to actually be good at your job to keep your job. Not so for the government. So now there are 13 highly sought-after terrorists in top positions in the Taliban government. But I thought, I thought Al-Qaeda and the terrorists weren't, weren't in Afghanistan anymore, says Joe Biden. Again, he is not a sentient human being. And looking at the pictures of these terrorists in United States military equipment is sickening to me. But let's, let's, let's dig into who some of these terrorists are that are in the, the new Afghanistan government. And I will probably butcher these names, and I do not care. Because they are terrorists, and they deserve absolutely no respect. They kill innocent people, and they deserve to be wiped off the face of this earth. So, we have Mullah Haibatullah Akunzada. Uh, he is the Emir of the Faithful, or the top leader of the Taliban. Uh, and he was, he's served as the Taliban's Emir since 2016. This is coming from the Daily Wire. Um, at some point during the jihad against Soviets, he fought within the ranks of the Hazeb-e-Islami group. And uh, his son, Haz- Hafiz Abdul Rahman, Rahman, killed himself in a suicide attack against Afghan forces in 2017. Because these are the kind of people we're dealing with. People who will blow themselves up just because they don't like you. Like, they believe they have a holy war against you. It's ridiculous. This is not... These are terrorists who don't deserve respect. Uh, Next we have Mullah Mohammed Hassan Akund uh, acting as the head of state. And uh, he was the governor of Kandahar, and he refused in the early 2000s and late 90s to to turn over Osama bin Laden after Al-Qaeda carried out the 98 embassy bombings. So 9-11 happened 20 years ago, and for me, it was one of the most harrowing things I've ever seen. And I, I mean... I wasn't even in New York. I was in fourth grade, but I still remember that day so vividly. Like it, I will never be able to forget where I was, what I was doing when I saw what happened, and you know what happened after that attack. And just think, this asshole, who's now top position in Afghanistan. Could have handed over Osama bin Laden, but did he? No. No, he said, we will never give up Osama at any price. Guess what? This guy's back in the government in Afghanistan. Don't worry, though. We're still going to be safe. Just, the failures are so breathtaking, I can't even believe it. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Mullah Yaqub uh, is the defense minister. He's the son of Mullah Omar. Um, and they refused, also refused to hand over Osama bin Laden. 
before and after the 9-11 hijackings. So Yakub openly praised the Taliban suicide squads, saying they will continue to play a leading role in the defense of the Islamic Emirate. These people are so terrible. Like they're, all of them have ties or are directly responsible for the terrorist attack on 9-11. And now they are right back where they wanted to be. Why? Oh, because they just had to wait us out. Wait until we elected some absolute moron and who decides to pull out all of our troops. And, uh, yeah, then they would just storm right back in. It, it's, it's really sickening, and it's just the disrespect it shows to those who died on 9-11 is, is insane. Um, again, if you want to hear more about Afghanistan, watch the last episode. We went way in-depth on all of the m moronic decisions uh, that happened then. All right. Uh, but you can dig into that later if you desire. Let's move on to something uh, more domestic. California craziness. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention much to uh, any of the politics in California. They have been so psychotic over the last two years with their COVID lockdowns, with the Black Lives Matter stuff going on, with the double standards. I mean, Nancy Pelosi going to get her hair done, uh, Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry, uh, all of the rules for thee but not for me. Like, it is the just the pits of despair for anyone who has a brain over there. It is the seat of this woke leftist ideology that it's just tearing our entire country apart. Um, you know, yeah, Silicon Valley is great, but at some point they're also psychotic. Uh, so we'll get into a few stories coming out of, of uh, California. So uh, Larry Elder, for those of you who are not familiar with him, he is a black conservative slash libertarian commentator who lives out in California. Uh, he has a, a movie called Uncle Tom that you can find on Amazon Prime for free, uh, last I checked, that is fantastic. Thankfully, Amazon hasn't taken it down yet uh, because it destroys the entire narrative of Black Lives Matter. Um, really, really, really great, great documentary. I recommend you watch it. But uh, there is a recall election going on for Gavin Newsom. Just the worst governor in the entire country at this point. Eh, I don't know. Whitmer's pretty bad, and Cuomo is obviously gone now, but he's pretty despicable. Um, he's... If anyone's seen American Psycho, he is Patrick Bateman. He is the worst. Uh, so there's a recall election going on, and Larry Elder is shooting to become the first black governor of California. Uh, well, there was a Cal State professor who calls Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy. There's no way, there's no way that that sentence even makes sense. None. I mean, they, literally, <laughs> this is a Dave Chappelle skit. An actual Dave Chappelle skit. 
And it was funny because it doesn't work like that at all. It flipped expectations. Um, And it just shows you that the left will call anything that they don't like white supremacy or uh, racist or Nazis or Hitler. And we'll get to more on that here. Uh, But moving on, Larry Elder, who, as previously noted, is black, was walking for a campaign event. Uh, and there's a white, there's video of a white woman in a gorilla mask. She runs up behind him and throws an egg at him from probably five, maybe six feet away. Misses horrendously, which is hilarious in and of itself. But can you imagine, just flip the roles if you will. Flip Larry Elder with Barack Obama and someone did that. And imagine the news cycle. You would be hearing about this for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. But, but, because Larry Elder is not a liberal. All of a sudden, his skin color no longer matters to the Black Lives Matter crew or the woke agenda. Because this is all used as a tactic to divide us. They only care about towing the party line. And so they will use anything they can to split that divide deeper. If someone like Larry Elder thinks rationally and for himself and says, hey, I don't agree with this leftist crazy agenda. Oh, no, he's a white supremacist now. Oh, that's just people fighting fascists. All with, like, no evidence behind any of this. Uh, if it were the If it were flipped... Obviously, it would be, oh my gosh, look at this white racist throwing an egg at, insert black liberal politician here. You know, I can read the headline now, probably on the Washington Post. Oh, white supremacy rears its ugly head. But not because Larry, not for Larry Elder, because he's a conservative slash libertarian. He breaks their narrative. He doesn't play the identity politics. And so they literally will let people say anything, do anything. They will let people slander him. Uh, they, they tried to get him taken off the ballot for a technicality. He had to fight that in court. He fought it and won. Uh, they are absolutely terrified of Larry Elder because he is well-spoken. He's a lawyer, has humongous reach with his radio show. They are petrified. And I think, I mean, Tuesday, anyone, if I've got any California listeners, Tuesday, go out. Get Newsom out. Get him out. Recall that disgusting human being. He has turned California into just one of the worst places in the country. Absolute worst. Oh, man. All right. Even more crazy than all of this. We have San Francisco paying people $300 a month not to shoot each other. $300 a month not to shoot each other. That sounds insane, right? I mean, please, give me $300 a month. I haven't shot anybody. 
That's just ridiculous. Now, I'll go in depth on this, but at the headline, it's pretty much what it is. Um, but coming from the San Francisco Examiner, uh, they say young adults who've been identified as being at very high risk of being involved in a shooting who are then enrolled in the SVIP life coaching program may become eligible to receive small monthly stipends of two to $300 to incentivize achievement. Here's where it gets even better. These same clients may also be enrolled in the city's larger guaranteed income program that could provide an additional two to $300 per month. So they're not going to get paid $300 a month not to shoot each other. They're going to get paid $600 a month, potentially, not to shoot each other. It's just absolute insanity. Has that civilization, has that community fallen apart so much that people have to be bribed not to commit crimes? Well, I mean, I guess, because in San Francisco, you, you can't get prosecuted if you've stolen less than $900. California is falling apart completely. They are, they've been taken, taken over by crazy liberal left wing, like far, far, far left wing activists. And it, it's showing like that entire state is, is crumbling. It's the first year, the census last year was the first year California has ever lost population that should tell you something and finally more derangement uh, Google they uh, had a a training because again everything that the left doesn't like is white supremacist or Nazi everything okay so coming from Fox Business uh, Google has a new training out, and it's a fun one. It's about, well, let me get the article up here. They have a anti-racism initiative, um, and they suggest using evidence in an argument is racist. So Christopher Rufo, in a tweet on September 8th, uh, put out a tweet that said, uh, another graphic titled The White Supremacy Pyramid advances the idea that conservative commentator Ben Shapiro is a foundation of white supremacy and that Donald Trump is moving society on a path toward mass murder and genocide. This is absolute insanity, and I'm going to describe this, uh, this pyramid to you because it's so, 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 so crazy. So we have a pyramid, and at the bottom, uh, first the slide it says, in the top left says, Busting the myth of white genocide in South Africa. I'm, what? I'm so confused already. How is white genocide in South Africa linked to people like Ben Shapiro? I'm so confused. And then it has the white supremacy pyramid as the, the main feature on this. And uh, so at the bottom of the pyramid, it says normalization. And the, the base is indifference. So if you say there are two sides to every story, if you have apolitical beliefs, if you avoid confrontations or say politics don't affect me, you are on the white supremacy pyramid. So it's not that you just don't have an opinion. You're now actively on the white supremacy pyramid because you just don't care. This plays into like the Ibram X. Kendi and Robin D'Angelo BS of, 
oh, you have to be actively anti-racist, otherwise you're a racist. Like, it's the most... It's stupid. You can't say, if you're not actively X, then you're obviously Y. That doesn't work. That's, that's a false dichotomy. So next on this pyramid, above it, you have minimization. So you have a white savior complex, which this is actually hilarious because white savior complex is rampant among the left wing. Rampant. Robin D'Angelo, in her book White Fragility, is playing the white savior because only the woke white liberals can save the black people from oppression. So that's hilarious. Um, but then it also says not all, hashtag, or, uh, not all white people, not believing uh, people of color experiences, uh, denial of white privilege, post-racism. So basically saying that, you know, I don't see color. I judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Basically what Martin Luther King said. Um, and then also they say uh, intentions are greater than impact. So... I'm not even sure what that's supposed to mean. Um, but they have Ben Shapiro is on that second level of minimization. So indifference at the bottom, it says all lives matter. Minimization is Ben Shapiro. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, and it keeps going up to veiled racism, which is victim blaming, racist jokes, Eurocentric curriculum, tokenism, cultural appropriation, racist icons. I mean, can we talk about cultural appropriation for a second? Is, is making a taco cultural appropriation? And if so, why is appreciating something from another culture cultural appropriation? Isn't imitation the greatest form of flattery? This is the point. They're flipping everything on its head with these new made-up terms. Also, a Eurocentric curriculum is veiled racism. The greatest works of art and culture and music came out of Europe. I mean, Italy and Greece and Rome and the Renaissance and the Age of Enlightenment, Galileo, like all of this, all of everything that made modern society came from this. So why should we not study it? Why should we not study what made Western civilization great. I mean, do you think there were not black people in these other cultures? Should we go through all the different cultures that have given us things through history? I mean, there were there were Asian cultures that gave us things. The Bronze Age, the Iron Age. Uh, there was all these different empires. This is why we take what's best we, and put it into a curriculum and we, we teach about it. Um, next, moving up the white supremacy pyramid, we have Donald Trump under discrimination. And so it says racial profiling, mass incarceration, racial slurs, fear of people of color, anti-immigration policies. So <laughs> what's funny is none of these lead to the other. And an anti-immigration policy doesn't make you racist. You can say, hey, we want 
to limit immigration because of economic reasons. We want to limit immigration because of we need to slow down population growth in our country. Like, there's a lot of reasons you would not want immigration to just run rampant, like open borders. Because I guarantee you here when they say anti-immigration policies, they're literally talking about just normalizing the immigration process. You know, building a wall at the border and then forcing people to go through the approved channels to immigrate. That would be considered, I guarantee you, an anti-immigration policy. And so they're just taking these words and they're overloading them to, so they're very broad. And then they can just focus in on anything they don't like that falls under that broad term. So it's, uh, what's the term for it? It's called uh, semantic overload. So Black Lives Matter is a semantically overloaded phrase because it's obviously true that Black Lives Matter. But Black Lives Matter, the organization, is a bad Marxist organization. So when you say, I don't support Black Lives Matter, you can mean the organization. That's what I'm sure everyone means when they say that. But now we have to say, I don't support Black Lives Matter, the organization. That doesn't mean that we don't believe Black Lives Matter. And so they've semantically overloaded this to make it harder for us to communicate things clearly. But so they work this, this pyramid all the way up from normalization to genocide, and it's just an absolute joke. Because post-racism, saying, hey, I don't see color, that doesn't lead into any of the others at all. It's, a, it's absolutely ridiculous. But, hey, that's what Google does. They're the most powerful company in the world. And they believe an Orthodox Jew, Ben Shapiro, is a white supremacist who was the number one target for hate threats. You can ask the FBI. He's had the FBI apprehend white supremacists and racists trying to harm him and his family. But he's a white supremacist. Like, this, the amount of stupidity here is unbelievable Ugh. and that doesn't even get into san francisco's covid policy but speaking of covid we got just a whole new slew of covid lies deception and just all around bs this past week so jimmy kimmel who is not funny anymore he is not funny he's not funny if he doesn't have a laugh track no one would even fake laugh. And this is just, again, what you consume in the culture, what you see in the culture on the late night and the way businesses are acting. It's important. And this is where we have to fight back. When, they, when people make these things, these statements and actions that are antithetical to American principles... We have to send a message. We have to stop consuming that content. We have to push back. So Jimmy Kimmel, in one of his nightly monologues, suggested that hospitals should not treat unvaccinated patients. And that has got to be one of the stupidest takes I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, so the logic here is, oh, you could have taken a vaccine 
and because of your life choices, you got sicker than you should, so therefore we shouldn't treat you. That's what the logic is. Because of a choice you made, you got sick, so we shouldn't treat you. Let's expand this, shall we? Let's take this to its logical conclusion, okay? So our hospital is going to stop treating diabetes patients because they couldn't put down the Twinkies, and now their kidney or yeah, their kidneys don't work. Or sorry, their pancreas. Because that's that's a choice. Should hospitals stop treating obese people with heart conditions because they couldn't put down, well, the Twinkies or the cheeseburgers or the pork rinds? Because that's a choice. Or should hospitals not treat you unless you exercise a certain amount of time per week? No. The answer is no. This is all no. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because in this country, we have something called freedom, which means the government doesn't get to tell you how to live, and hospitals don't get to turn away patients based on their personal choices. That's a Hippocratic oath. Jimmy Kimmel should be deplatformed for his stupidity at this point. He's so dumb. Not to mention, he's done blackface. He had an, a skit where he was in blackface as Oprah doing a stair-stepper workout on a Latina maid. He also did blackface as Carl Malone. And guess what? Because he spews all the leftist talking points, no one's going to come for him. No one's going to come for him. Because guess what? He's a useful idiot for the establishment. But if anyone, if you're in a conversation and someone has the gall to suggest that hospitals should not treat unvaccinated COVID patients, that there's literally no talking to them. And it's really easy to debunk. Just use the logic that we just went through. But, I mean, good luck trying to, good luck trying to convince them. Because if that's how they feel, if that's what they believe, you got a real, real tough uphill battle. Uh, next, we have United Airlines. Uh, they are they found a little legal loophole uh, when it comes to COVID vaccine mandates, and so they're going to allow their employees to not get vaccinated due to a religious exemption. But here, here's a little asterisk. Um, they will put these unvaccinated employees on indefinite unpaid leave. That seems a little weird. That seems a lot like getting fired. Oh, if you don't take a vaccine, we will not allow you to make money. And that is what everyone's pushing for right now. We're going to get into that more when we get to Dictator Joe down in the last half of this show. There has to be a lawsuit coming down about this United Airlines play. I don't like United Airlines anyway. I think they're a garbage airline. Um, have not had a good experience when I've flown with them. But the fact that they're going to treat their employees like this when everyone is understaffed, by the way, is absolute insanity. So I hope that the unvaccinated United Airlines employees 
all band together and bring a lawsuit against these guys and just hit them hard, hit them where it hurts. There's no way this is legal, and I guarantee you a good lawyer is going to tear that policy to shreds. But this is what they're trying to do. This kind of BS. They are trying to make anyone who doesn't want to get a vaccine, for whatever reason, personal, religious, medical exemption, uh, natural immunity, they want to make you a social pariah. They want to drive you out of formal or of civil society and it's ridiculous it's absolutely insane for a for a virus that has like a 99.6 or higher survival rate i don't know about you but if i had a a slot machine that won 99.6 or more percent of the time i'm gonna play that slot machine a lot a lot because it there's it's so basic when you think about it that way but the way the media is playing with all the fear it's fear porn the media is just pumping out all this fear about covid and the breakthrough cases and the deaths and everything else even though cases have spiked cases don't matter okay this is the thing that no one tells you cases do not matter How many cases of the cold are there in a year? The common cold. How many cases of the flu are there in a year? No one cares. What matters are severe cases requiring hospitalization and death. But guess what the media keeps doing? They keep pushing. Oh, cases are so high. Cases are so high. No, the vaccines are here. Vaccines are effective at preventing severe illness and death. And... If you get the vaccine, why do you care what other people do? Why does it matter? But also, if you do get COVID, whether you have the vaccine or not, we have treatments. One of which happens to be a approved drug for human consumption by the FDA, which is Nobel Prize award winning. It has won Nobel Prizes. Well, a Nobel Prize. Does anyone know what that is? Ding, 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 ding. Ivermectin. Ivermectin is approved for use in humans. It won a Nobel Prize in 2015 for its use in fighting uh, parasites in humans. And anyone who says that it's a horse dewormer is lying to you and has no more credibility. Do not listen to a single other thing they said. Again, no one's telling you to go out to your local tractor supply store and buy a tube of ivermectin paste. No one has ever suggested that, and anyone who does is an idiot. Ivermectin is approved for human use. The tablets are three milligram ta- one to three milligram tablets, and they should be prescribed by a doctor. But to say that it's a horse dewormer it is so blatantly done in bad faith. Anyone who does that should lose their license to be called. I mean, it's not even a license, but they shouldn't. They cannot call themselves a journalist anymore because they are lying. They have become propagandists. So there's a study uh, from the 
NIH. Okay, it's in the NIH. Link will be in the show notes um, about ivermectin and its potential on on it and its antiviral properties because it has many many uses. So let me pull this up here. I thought I had it up. Uh, <clears throat> So it's an ivermectin study, and the abstract says, Ivermectin proposes many potential effects to treat a range of diseases with its antimicrobial, antiviral, and anti-cancer properties as a wonder drug. Okay, This study, by the way, came out in June 12th of 2020. Okay, So right after the pandemic started. Don't know why no one has brought this up yet. So... It goes on to say, it is highly effective against many microorganisms, including some viruses. In this comprehensive systematic review, antiviral effects of ivermectin are summarized, including in vitro and in vivo studies over the past 50 years. Okay, so this is like a meta-study where they've pulled from other studies. Several studies reported antiviral effects of ivermectin on RNA viruses such as Zika, Dengue, Yellow Fever, West Nile, HIV, and coronavirus too. And that's not all of them that they listed. They listed many, many more. The study then goes on to say, furthermore, there are some studies showing antiviral effects of ivermectin against DNA viruses. Ivermectin plays a role in several biological mechanisms. Therefore, it could serve as a potential candidate in the treatment of a wide range of viruses, including COVID-19 as well as other types of positive-sense single-stranded RNA viruses. In vivo studies of animal models revealed a broad range of antiviral effects of ivermectin. However, clinical trials are necessary to appraise the potential efficacy of ivermectin in clinical setting. So, if anyone in a conversation wants to quote to you that ivermectin is a horse dewormer, you can take this study and you can take the 2015 Nobel Prize and shove it right in their face. the amount of bad faith reporting just to push a narrative is the entire reason this pandemic has been so politicized. Ivermectin has been shown by some studies to have a positive effect. Joe Rogan is thinking about suing CNN because they're saying he used horse dewormer. And I fully believe he should. It's slanderous. Absolutely slanderous. The next thing we have, we also have another treatment called, or, uh, the brand is Regeneron, but it's a monoclonal antibody treatment. And no one in the Biden administration, so it's been seven months, seven months they've been in office. They did not mention this until his press conference on Thursday. Okay, because... Why tell people that there are treatments of COVID that it's not a death sentence when you get it? When you can keep them scared. It just doesn't make sense. When Donald Trump got COVID back in 2020, before the election, he got Regeneron as part of his treatment. Said it was a miracle drug. And then, a couple months later, it gets approved. Emergency use authorization, and it is 
one of the most effective treatments we have. 70% effective at curing it, like reducing symptoms. And no one has heard about it until a couple of days ago. You gotta be kidding me. This is a joke. This is absolute just malpractice because they want to keep you afraid. They want to split up vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. And they want to say that unvaccinated people are a threat to vaccinated people. None of which is true. Absolutely none of which is true. If you're vaccinated, unvaccinated people are of no risk to you. Period. Full stop. Done. That's it. There's not. There's nothing more to it. It's like if two people are driving in a car and you have your seatbelt on, but I don't have my seatbelt on. Does that affect the effectiveness of your seatbelt? Absolutely not. Absolutely freaking not. But they just want to keep throwing scare tactics at you to keep you in fear, to keep letting the government take more and more of your freedoms away. This is where we get to our dictator-in-chief, Mr. Joe Dementia Biden. So, he goes ahead and he's trying to begin his dictatorial streak by attempting to remove some Trump appointees from their posts. So, he went to Sean Spicer, Kellyanne Conway, um, and who else was it? Russ Vaught, who is the former chief of office of management and budget. So he uh, got a memo, Russ, Russell Vaught. He was a board of advisors to the U.S. Naval Academy. So is Sean Spicer and Kellyanne Conway. Um, he got a memo. So did the other two. So said, on behalf of President Biden, I am writing to request your resignation as a member of the board of visitors to the U.S. Naval Academy. Please submit your resignation to me by the close of business today. Should we not receive your resignation, your position with the board will be terminated effective 6 p.m. tonight. Thank you. This has never been done before. At all. These appointments are three-year appointments. And Joe Biden is just trying to destroy any and every norm that we have in this country. So Russ is pushing back. Uh, this comes from the Daily Wire. Um, and so he just, and when he posted that memo on Twitter, he posted, he uh, shot back, no, it's a three-year term. So we'll see where that saga goes. Uh, Sean Spicer and Kellyanne Conway also have some uh, toothy remarks. She goes, I'm not resigning, but you should, in reference to Biden. Uh, so that's just the beginning. He's trying to erase every shred of Trump that he can. But next, coming from the Daily Wire, we have a provision that was is trying to be snuck through the the infrastructure bill. Uh, 
the $3.5 trillion budget plan. They want to monitor the gross inflows and outflows of your bank account. The federal government, they can piss off. No. Absolutely freaking not. The government has no, no business seeing what's in my bank account at all. Period. So there's a lot of pushback against this, uh, that it violates the Fourth Amendment. So hopefully, hopefully we will, uh, we'll see this get completely blocked. Um, this is also concerning because Joe Biden hired like 2,000 more like auditors back a few months ago. So what he's trying to do is literally they're trying to tack, like just squeeze every dime out of the American people because uh, they're going to tax the American people to equality. There's going to be your rich elites, okay, your politicians and your CEOs of the big tech companies, so the Jeff Bezos and the Zuckerbergs. You're going to have your politicians, and then you're going to just have everyone else ground and squeeze down to equality. Everyone's going to be equally poor, you guys, because that's what happens in socialist regimes. They get equally poor. It all sounds great. Oh, yeah. You know, the Marxist thing, uh, from each according to his ability to each according to his need. F that. If I'm really good at something and I can get paid a lot of money for it, you don't get to take my money because I make more than you. I've worked harder and do my job better. Sorry. This redistribution through taxation is ridiculous. And so what the, the government's trying to take as much of our money as they can because they want to just level all of us. Get out of here. It's a joke. And finally, we get to this god-awful speech that I wanted, I couldn't listen to all of it. I had to take, I had to listen to snippets um, because I was about to break my phone in half. Um, so in this just god-awful speech, um, we have more proof that Joe Biden is an imbecile and not in mental shape to be president of the United States. So, within the first three sentences, he already screws up a word. Like, he already stumbles over his words in the most awful way possible. He says, good evening, my fellow Americans. I want to talk to you about where we are in the battle against COVID-19, the progress we've made, and the work we have left to do. Sorry, that was way too lively. Um, of a, I wasn't trying to do Joe Biden, but way more lively than he w was. And then he continues. And it starts with understanding this. Even as the Delta-19, uh, uh, COVID-19, like he can't even get through two sentences without screwing stuff up. Just like Obama said about Joe, never underestimate Joe's ability to F stuff up. He's the worst. So he 
then goes on and said that they've made considerable progress on this pandemic. When he took over office, there were only 2 million people vaccinated, and now there's 179 million people vaccinated. Okay, good for you. Except Trump set all of that up. Just, just saying. You were already on pace for 2 million shots a day when you took office. You pathetic houseplant. Next, he says, you know, oh, we're in a tough, we're going to be in a tough stretch that could last for a little while. Are you kidding me? No, we're not. The vaccine is here. Everyone who wants it, got it. The rest is up to the individuals. It's pretty simple, cut and dry. Federal government has nothing left to do. And so they're just priming you to stay scared for the next variant, for the next treatment plan, for the next vaccine. This is never going to end unless we just say, stand up and stop and just say, hey, this isn't a thing anymore. Stop, stop following. If everyone in your community stopped following the oppressive guidelines, if the companies just said, screw you and didn't pay, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. So he then continues to say, the vaccine provides strong protection against severe illness and death. So, okay, remember that. Vaccine equals you're protected, okay? Then he says that we're in the middle of a pandemic of the unvaxxed, which is about 80 million Americans. So... Last I checked, majority of people vaxxed, only 25% of people haven't had any shots. That doesn't account for anyone who had natural immunity, who's had COVID or anything. Um, and then, he's... <laughs> Let me find this exact quote here, because I took, I took it down as a note, and uh, it's... The absolute dishonesty is disgusting and makes me want to vomit. So he says this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, It's caused by the fact that despite America having an unprecedented and successful vaccination program, despite the fact that for almost five months, free vaccines have been available in 80,000 different locations, we still have nearly 80 million Americans who have failed to get the shot. He continues... And to make matters worse, there are elected officials actively working to undermine the fight against COVID-19. Who? Who? I know you want to call out Governor DeSantis, but you won't. Because guess what? He wrecked you last time, Joe Biden. He wrecked you the last time you tried to call him out. Joe Biden continues, he said, instead of encouraging people to get vaccinated and mask up, they're ordering mobile morgues for the unvaccinated dying from COVID in their communities. This is totally, okay, I've not heard anything about mobile morgues being ordered. None. And every, every governor has said, get vaccinated. They're really effective. I've not seen any governors say, don't. What I have seen is governors say, I don't think we should force this vaccine on people. But no governor has said, do not get vaccinated. He's blatantly lying to you 
and the press is covering it up. No one asks him about this. But, oh, also because he doesn't take questions because he's mentally handicapped. He's incapable. So he also says the 25% of unvaxxed can cause a lot of damage, and they are. Um, how if they are, if you're vaccinated, how can the 25% cause damage if you're protected from the virus? Because we, he already said the vaccination provided strong protection. Do you see the, the doublespeak in the rhetoric here, people? In the next sentence, he tries to, you know, do more fear-mongering and say, <laughs> says pancreatitis instead of pancreatitis. Because, um, again, he's a, he's a blob of just incompetence. Um, but please, Joe Biden, explain this to me. If, the, if you're vaccinated and you're protected, how do the unvaccinated cause you any risk? They don't. Uh, he goes on to provide a figure of 1 in 160,000 vaccinated people are hospitalized. Which sounds pretty pretty good. You know, vaccines. They work. No one has said that they don't. And I believe everyone should have their own choice as to whether to get the vaccine or not. All right. So here is where Joe Biden gets into his dictatorial speech and he's trying to turn people against each other, which honestly has already been happening. If you look at people on TikTok, they are just absolutely insane, like literally insane. People are putting masks on their dogs. People are having freaking conniption fits about someone not wearing a mask. Like literally there was a TikTok I saw about a woman. Uh, she had a mask on and someone came up and was like, oh, there's another sheep. And she like starts batting like a sheep at him. I don't think he's the crazy one. I think the person who starts buying like a sheep is the crazy one, especially when you're vaccinated and masked. You might have something wrong with you. Uh, but Joe says, he goes, the path ahead, even with the Delta variant, is not nearly as bad as last winter. Last winter wasn't really, I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't too terrible, right? And then he goes, but what makes it incredibly more frustrating is that we have the tools to combat COVID-19 true and a distinct minority of americans supported by a distinct minority of elected officials are keeping us from turning the corner false also these pandemic politics as i refer to are making people sick causing unvaccinated people to die okay first of all unvaccinated people it's their choice to get the vaccine second of all the pandemic politics are you it's your doing it is your doing you power hungry incapable, feckless piece of human scum. How many times did you and Kamala Harris say, oh, well, I wouldn't take a vaccine if it were, if it were developed under Trump's administration. And now what are you doing? You're freaking hawking that vaccine like a door-to-door -door salesman. You guys flip-flop more than a freaking flapjack. All you want, you don't care all you want is government power, and you are not afraid to say and do anything it takes to get it. And this is why everyone hates you. Your approval rating 
is down in the 30s, and it's not even been a freaking year. You have destroyed this country worse than anyone could have imagined in record time. Everyone knew you were going to be a garbage president, but they might have voted for you because, well, at least it's not Trump. 81 million votes, my ass. No one expected you to freaking run this country off a freaking cliff at the breakneck pace you have. You absolute piece of trash. So before I get back into the, the tone of his speech and the, the gross lies, um, we'll go through, I'll let you guys know the six, six plans that he wants to put in place um, as if they'll work. So the first one, he wants to vaccinate the unvaccinated with mandates for workers, public and private. So he's directing the Labor Department to require all employers with more than 100 workers to require either the vaccine or regular testing. And if they don't, it's a $14,000 fine per week or per violation. That's insane. Also unconstitutional. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere does the federal government have that kind of power. And guess what? Labor Department and OSHA are about to get rocked because there's no way they have that kind of power either. No way. And there are already governors and private companies about to just unleash hell. Unleash hell on this. Next, he wants to further protect the, the vac... He wants to further protect the vaccinated through booster shots, even though the vaccinated are already protected because the vaccines are strong and effective, but they need booster shots to work. What? So that's number two. But the FDA has not yet approved booster shots. Um, like, they're approved, but they're not, they don't know if they really should, and there's a whole lot of drama, and people don't like Biden for, like, internationally. People are like, well, you've got other countries that still haven't had two shots. Why are you stealing more shots? It doesn't matter. They just want government power. Uh, next, he wants to keep schools open. He said he will require that 300,000 educators in federal Head Start programs be vaccinated and will call on governors to require vaccinations for school teachers and staff. So do you feel the iron fist squeezing the life out of you yet? He also wants to increase testing. And have some retailers like Amazon and Kroger and Walmart sell at-home tests at costs for the next three months. Um, what, what do they expect us to do? Test before we walk out the door every day? Like, from what I know, most cases are asymptomatic. And if you're sick, stay home. It's not that hard. People have been saying that since before this pandemic. Someone walks into work and they're hacking and sneezing and coughing like, stay home. We don't want your cold. We don't want your flu. Same thing with Rona. Like, what the hell is this increasing increased testing going to do? Freaking nothing. You're just going to spend more of our tax dollars, you freaking idiot. Next, he thinks that he can 
again, lead to an economic recovery, which, okay, economic recovery, let me just make this really clear. We were in the middle of a red-hot economy going into 2020. Red-hot. Trump had this economy on overdrive. Unemployment was at all-time lows among all populations, and then we had a artificial suppression of the economy because of the coronavirus and these lockdowns, which China still has not been held accounted for, or held accountable for, sorry, uh, because Biden is a spineless piece of crap. So any economic recovery he's talking about is literally just a natural rebound of going back to the levels it was at pre-COVID. He's not doing anything. You know how his economic recovery would be unbelievable? Literally stop every COVID program and let people go back to normal. And I guarantee you in three months, we would be back to January 2020 levels. Real freaking easy. Because guess what? There was no economic slowdown. It was all government intervention that caused it. But he wants to spend more money to try and overheat the economy because prices and inflation aren't already high enough. So he wants to expand the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program to allow for small businesses to borrow up to $2 million, an increase from the current of 500000 in low-interest long-term loans if their sales have been impacted by COVID-19. <sighs> What's the criteria going to be for that? Oh, I think I lost one sale because of COVID. Give me two mil. Are prices already not high enough? Gas has been stuck above $3 a gallon since the day this dingbat took office. So stop spending money. Stop paying people not to work. Maybe we can get inflation under control, you moronic idiot. And then he wants to improve care for those with COVID-19. And this is the first time since he's taken office where he has actually pushed COVID remedies and treatments instead of just the vaccine. First time. So at this point, he, of course, has to get his digs in at the conspiracy theorists. Um... And he says the U.S. will increase the availability of new medicines, quote-unquote, recommended by real doctors, not conspiracy theorists, which if he's talking about ivermectin, I'm going to shove some ivermectin down his throat. That's not a threat because it's a safe drug. To help COVID-19 patients, Biden said, we've already distributed 1.4 million courses of these treatments to save lives and reduce the strain on hospitals. Tonight, I'm announcing... We will increase the average pace of shipment across the country, a free monoclonal antibody treatments by another 50%. So Regeneron will be more widely available and people will be able to, to get access to it. So those are his plans. Now let's get back to, to his specifics where he basically tries to divide America as much as possible. So at one point in his speech, he says his mandate uh, is not about people's freedom or personal choice. The exact quote is as follows. He says, this is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you, the people you work with, the people you care about, 
the people you love. My job as president is to protect all Americans. Okay, false. Your job as president is not to protect all Americans. Your job as the chief executive is to execute laws and not pass down dictates on the American people. You're supposed to uphold the Constitution. But I doubt he remembers his oath of office because he was probably half asleep when he said it. Or hopped up on freaking cocaine or whatever to so he can actually get through the inauguration process. Anyone who wants to know the oath of office is, I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Well, I don't see... It, say, it doesn't say to protect Americans anywhere in there. That's not what the president is supposed to do. He's supposed to execute laws. And he's supposed... Like, that's really it. Execute the laws, dude. If you want something done, go through Congress. Executive orders are bullshit. And he has not, he has not faithfully executed the offices, nor has he preserved, protected, or defended the Constitution of the United States. He has done everything in his power to absolutely shred it. When he had the eviction moratorium extended, he goes, literally on TV, he says, well, it's probably not constitutional, but while it goes through the court systems, it'll give people time. What? I I wish I, that that, in my opinion, willfully subverting the Constitution and doing unconstitutional things like that you know are unconstitutional, in my opinion, that should be grounds for impeachment. One hundred percent. Because you are a dictator. You are now a petty dictator who is trying to subvert the will of the American people and the safeguards that protect our liberty. You have no you have no right, you do not deserve to be in that office. You do not deserve to hold the title of president of the United States. What you deserve is to get kicked out on your ass. So, Joe Biden also says he's going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. Um, but he claims later that the science makes clear if you're fully vaccinated, you're highly protected from severe illness, even if you get COVID-19. So, I don't know what... I'm, I'm confused. Where's the risk? If you have the vaccine, like I've been saying... If you've been vaccinated, unvaccinated people are not at risk. Or are not a risk for you. It's like when you're a kid and you get chicken pox, and then you're done, and then your buddy gets chicken pox, and you're like, oh no, I can still come out and hang because I'm vac like I have the I'm immune. I have natural immunity. Vaccines work the same way. He also says we're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of workforce that is vaccinated in businesses 
all across America. However, I was told by this idiot and his morons that he's staffed the CDC and the freaking FDA and the NIH with, they told me a few months ago that you can still spread the virus if you're vaccinated, so we had to wear masks again. So what is it? Do you do vaccines keep you from getting the the virus? Or can you still spread the virus when you get the vaccine? I don't I don't understand. He's also going to pass two to three more executive orders, which I, I've lost track of how many executive orders he's passed. Now, he passed like 20 or 17 or something on his first day in office to, quote unquote, repeal all of Trump's orders. And I don't even think Trump had 17. He's also, this is even more ridiculous. Biden asked in his speech, he asked doctors to reach out to their unvaccinated patients and make a personal plea to them. That's insane. That's ridiculous. And any doctor that takes their key from a dementia-ridden president in a bumbling speech and has the temerity to call me and personally plea to get vaccinated is no longer going to be my doctor. Period. That just shows terrible judgment on their part. It should be a private conversation between the patient and the doctor as to whether the vaccine is the right medical decision for them. No one else has any say in what should happen. Joe Biden doesn't. Jen Psaki doesn't. Your employer doesn't. The concert venues you want to go to don't. No one, it, it's no one's business whether you are vaccinated or not. Period. And then Joe Biden, he gets just like, he tries to scold people and he's uh, just trying to set people against each other. He goes, and he goes, and my message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccination free, safe, and convenient. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. Um, I don't care how, quote-unquote, patient you've been, Joe Biden. I don't owe you anything. You have no right to tell me how to live my life. And vaccinated people are not at risk from unvaccinated people. Period. Straight out, period. I don't care about your patience. I don't owe you anything. And then he, go, he, he just steers even more into this authoritarian, iron-fisted BS that's spewed all through this speech talking about schools. He says, right now, local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor picks a fight with them and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. Joe Biden is just treading a thin line because you know he wants to talk about DeSantis, and if he mentions DeSantis, DeSantis will end him because the last time he called out DeSantis, DeSantis wrecked him. And then Biden continues, he goes, talk about bullying in schools. If they'll not help, if these governors won't help us beat the pandemic, I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. 
What power is... Someone read me the Constitution where it says the president has the power to get governors out of the way. Because I'm pretty sure that's not in there. He has no authority over the states. He has no authority over the governors. Any power is not expressly granted to the federal government nor prohibited from the states are exclusively reserved to the states. That's the 10th Amendment. So, Joe Biden, you can talk tough and say everything that you want, but guess what? Anything that is not explicitly listed in the Constitution is not under the rights and privileges of the federal government. The Constitution is basically like a fence to keep wannabe dictators like yourself from taking over this country. So guess what? You can talk and you can bluster and you can stumble your way through incoherent speeches because your brain has turned to mush over the past years from being just a terrible human being and a god-awful senator. And you know what? I don't think you're going to win. No matter how many leftists have been stacked in the courts and in the institutions and the organizations, I, I don't think you're going to win. Because there are some things that are beyond interpretation that are written in plain English. And guess what? You're not going to get away from this. You're not going to get out of that fence that is the Constitution. Because you have no power to federally mandate businesses require vaccines. You have no power to do anything against the states individually to get rid of governors. None. This is a fight you don't win. And all you're doing is stoking everyone's anger and just driving them apart. You're running a split straight down this country. And guess what? God willing, you won't you won't succeed. And with any luck, you'll be ousted from the presidency in 2022 when the Republicans take back the House and Senate. You and just that treasonous vice president of yours, Kamala Harris, who funded criminals, who bailed criminals out during Black Lives Matter riots. With any luck, both of you will be impeached by the time 2023 rolls around. So good luck. That's all I got for you today, guys. Hopefully this week we have a better news cycle, and I will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Unpopular Opinions with Nick. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to your podcast. You can also interact with us on Facebook and Instagram at unpopularopinions.tm. Have a good one.